unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. When we're more present in our ministering assignments or when we're more present in the sacrament, we have a more rich experience in those things. Uh, Sometimes if we're not present like that, those activities can start to feel hollow. And one way to bring back the richness of it is to be more intentionally focused in those moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Saints Unscripted. We are here today with Carrie Scarda. And we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about stillness, and we're yes. going to be talking about Jesus. It's going to be really interesting. But before we get to it, Carrie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you're all about? Well, thank you, David, and thank you so much for having me here. I am Carrie. I'm a psychologist, and I'm the co-author of a book called The Power of Stillness. And I have a lot of interest in mindfulness and meditation, and that's what brought me in today. Great. So I I have a list of questions here as I draw on myself with the pen. Um, I have a list of questions here, but but when I boil it down, I really just have three questions for you. And they are, what is stillness? And I guess I'd also, uh, some clarification on on what the difference between stillness and meditation is. That would be great. Um, Because we actually did an episode recently about meditation a little bit. Um, but anyway, so so what is stillness? I'd like to know what it has to do with Jesus and then what it's going to do for me. Oh, those are such great questions. I'm excited to jump in. Well, let's start with number one. Tell me about stillness. What, what are we working with here? Yeah, so stillness or mindfulness is a skill and it's also a way of being. Mindfulness means paying attention in a compassionate way. So that's a very simple definition to describe something that's kind of complicated. Similar to how we define charity. We talk about charity. We might refer to examples like showing up with a casserole when Mm -hmm. someone's sick. That's an example of charity. But there's also a way of being that is charitable. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness means stopping and paying attention, being aware. But it also is a way of being. And that way of being is a compassionate, present, curious way of being. Okay. So that's mindfulness. That's mindfulness. Yeah. How does that compare to stillness now? Stillness, or I think would probably be similar to thinking about meditation, where we're consciously stopping and taking time to be intentional and focused. And we can incorporate stillness into our everyday life. Um, mindfulness is also something that is part of our everyday life when we're when we're intentionally being more focused. Okay. Okay, now I, I realize I've been thinking that there are two players in this game that, that we're playing here, um, but there are three. We've got mindfulness, meditation, and stillness. I think stillness is probably a word that we can use for both mindfulness and meditation, just in different contexts at different times. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. So where does Jesus come into this? Let me give you an example of that. Once you start looking at the scriptures through this lens of mindfulness, you see it all over the place in Christ's life. But one of my favorite stories is when Christ is on his way to heal an important military leader's daughter. This leader's come to him and said, um, my daughter's dying, a young child, a little girl. Can you come heal her? So Christ and all the disciples and a crowd of people are on their way to heal this little girl. And I would imagine if I were in that moment, I would be thinking ahead, right? Like, what am I going to say? All these people are watching. What's going to happen? This little girl's about to die. 
And in the midst of that, Christ is so present in his own body and so aware of the present moment that he feels a sick, homeless, I would assume pretty much invisible begging woman on the street touch the hem of his garment. And he's so in tune with that and so present that he stops and has this very healing moment in conversation with her. He asks questions. Who touched me? He's um, curious about what's happening and this beautiful moment unfolds. To me, this is a really lovely example of Christ being mindful, Hmm. being compassionate, present, and aware in able to be in the moment. Hmm. And those are examples all throughout the scriptures, but that's one that I think really represents the concept we're talking about today. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Hmm. So what does this principle look like in your life for you? And I guess what I'm trying to get at is how can I take from your experiences and apply them in my life? So so I, I guess, so what does it look like for you and what are some practical ways I can apply this in my life? One of the things that I think has really um, deepened my appreciation about my own spiritual practices as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is this idea of being more still and more present. So that's certainly influenced um, my ability to receive personal revelation. Because I think that the Holy Ghost speaks to us not just mentally through words, but also in our physical body through sensations or Um, a a stillness or a quiet way of being that we can feel in our bodies. And when we're distracted or thinking about the past or the future, we miss some of the ways that the Holy Ghost speaks to us now. So by being more present in my body and being more present in the moment, I'm more open and receptive to spiritual promptings that I think I would have missed otherwise. So that's one way that being more present has influenced my spiritual life. And another is certainly through prayer, that when we're rushing through the words of a prayer and we're not really present in our relationship with God in that prayer, we miss an opportunity for connection or for real communion with God that when we're more focused and intentional, we're able to have a deeper and more rich experience. Hmm. Okay. So when I think about my life, I'm probably not the most still person, not the most mindful person. Um, I feel like I always have something going on in the background. You know, I've got music playing or, or the TV's on or something. This is Is that a problem for this principle? Or or I guess is is that wrong of me to do? Is it or is it is it is it just crowding I don't know, is it crowding my life? Am I am I missing out? I probably am missing out on good opportunities to commune with the spirit, but it's hard. It is hard. And I think there's a lot of distractions around us that are in, are grabbing our attention. And my answer to that would be that you can be present even in the middle of those distractions, right? When you're folding laundry and listening to music, you can be present with folding laundry and listening to music. And that skill of presence enriches even those everyday activities. And I think that's true in our everyday life when we're doing chores or when we're hanging out with a friend. I think that's also true with our religious practices. When we're more present in our ministering assignments or when we're more present in the sacrament, we have a more rich experience in those things. Uh, Sometimes if we're not present like that, those activities can start to feel hollow. And one way to bring back the richness of it is to be more intentionally focused in those moments. So what are some examples of what not being present looks like? 
I think when we're so distracted about ruminating around the past mm. or so distracted in the future that we're not really conscious of what's unfolding right now, then we are missing the present. We're missing That's that interesting. Because when you've been talking about being in the present, I've kind of thought, you know, not being distracted by things around me, but you're talking more about the future and the past. And yeah, I think there can be a lot of internal distraction Yeah, to our ability to stay present as well as external things like a phone beeping and feeling a compulsion to check it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So how do you do that? How do you, I mean, everybody's, uh, obviously there's got to be a happy medium, right? Because everybody has to look towards the future in some ways. I've had in, in my past a hard time, and I think a lot, I think most people probably do having a hard time letting go of your past. I think everybody thinks about their high school years and they're just like, ooh, 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 cringy, you know? Come on, give me some of your thoughts. No, I'm freaking starved. I didn't get to eat anything today. Oh, God. Do you have any tips on how to not get stuck in the past? There's a broader question I think that you're asking too, which is sort of what are the advantages of, of being present, being present, yeah. right? Um, let's look at Christ's life again. Let's go back to his example. Please. So mindfulness is this way of being and meditation is when we intentionally practice it, where we set aside time to, to really build that muscle of being present. So it's kind of like going to the gym. We don't go to the gym because we want to run on a treadmill or pick up weights for the rest of our life. We go to the gym because we want to be able to run across the street quickly or carry our groceries up the stairs. Mm. So meditation is how we prepare ourselves to be able to be mindful in our real lives. That's the background for this, which is Christ. I think we think of him as being able to be present and be um, focused and, and spiritually disciplined because he's the son of God. And that certainly is true. But I also think he engaged in spiritual practices that allowed him to be able to do it. So he often, his disciples describe him as often going into nature by himself and praying or communing with God. In other words, meditating. I think that was such an important spiritual practice for him that before he left his disciples, he gave them this gift of a form of meditation that we still practice every single week in, in church, which is the sacrament, where we sit, we carve out that time to sit and intentionally pay attention with a spiritual focus. And I think that doing that, practicing that every week, gives us that spiritual discipline to be able to go out into our real life and be more present and focused. That's such a great point. Like you think about Christ's life and he even had, you know, a favorite spot where he would go in the garden of Gethsemane. It was, I think I recall the Bible saying somewhere that they went there fairly often. And that yeah. was one reason Judas knew where to find Jesus. Cause that was, you know, that was their spot. And that was where Jesus would go and, and pray and things like that. And, and that's a, uh, I never thought to recognize that as an example yeah, as an example life. of meditation. And the, you also see him doing this either right before or right after a major event in his ministry. Mm. For example, right after 
um, John the Baptist died, and he and Jesus were really close friends. They were cousins, but they were really close friends. Right after John the Baptist died, Jesus goes off by himself and communes with God. He prays. He's in this quiet space alone. We don't think about that, that we're often taught to be busy in the gospel, to mm-hmm. do and be busy. We're not often taught that when things get hard or you're having a difficult time, that's a good opportunity to get quiet and go pray and be with God in nature or in your space for by yourself for a while. We don't think about that, yeah. but that is what Christ did. And so he's not just um, allowing that. He's inviting us into that. And he gave us the sacrament as a routine way of being able to participate in that kind of quiet. And that's such an interesting example or observation because at least in my life, and I feel like this is a general principle that applies to most people, I feel like when Satan attacks the strongest is in those gaps of transition in your life between big events, you know? Um, So like for a lot of people, it's um, as you're preparing to go on a mission, serve a mission, or right when you come home or when you're starting college or when you first get married or preparing for marriage, those big transitions, it sounds to me like Jesus was saying be careful there and, and use this time to be mindful, be aware of yourself, be still and, uh, and be careful, you know, and, and prepare yourself. I just think that's really interesting. That is interesting. And it's interesting to me that you use the word gap, because I think of what I've called the sacrament gap, the between the bread and the water. And as we're waiting for the bread and the water to get from one person to the next, to reach it to us, there's this gap. And when I was a little kid, I would sit in the sacrament and, you know, distract my, like, where's the hymn book? Let me look at that. Or where's the, I'm going to study the program and see what's going <laughs> look on. Look at the right? pictures in the look book of Abraham. Look at the pictures in the book of Abraham, right? right? <laughs> like that gap is a time where we use to sort of distract ourselves. Whereas I think it can be an opportunity for deeper self-reflection, for a deeper connection with God in those moments, that the gaps in the sacrament or the gaps in our lives even times between when we're getting answers to prayers or when we're asking something or we're feeling hurt and it's not been resolved, those gaps don't have to be just empty time. They Mm. can be a still place where we can be more connected to the Holy Ghost. And I think it takes a certain sense of humility as well to take advantage of those times. I think in my life, sometimes when I've thought about maybe slowing down or taking more time with um, my prayers or meditating or whatever it may be. Sometimes I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I, 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 I can, I'm okay as I am, you know, I can keep being busy and, and just get through, you know, what I'm going through. But we kind of are just like little children at the end of the day. Like it is really good to have, a Sabbath day set apart, to have Mm. the sacrament set apart, to have prayers set apart and to be intentional about that and and take your time and and be aware and slow down and think, where am I? How's my relationship with God? How's my relationship with my family, with my spouse, my kids, whatever it may be. Um, It's sometimes almost in a sense, having kind of a letter of the law schedule helps me a little bit because I, 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 I'm not disciplined enough to well, do it naturally. What you're bringing up is such a great point that 
I think sometimes it can be easy to get so caught up in the doing of the gospel that we can almost start to, it almost starts to feel hollow Mm. where we're going through the motions, but why, like, what's the point of this? And I love that God has given us these invitations to stop and just be with him. All those examples you mentioned, the temple is an opportunity to stop and just be with God. Prayer is an opportunity to get off the treadmill of life and just be with him. Uh, The sacrament, all these things, the Sabbath day, going for a Sabbath walk in nature, all of those are opportunities to stop. And it's beautiful when we think about those as not another thing on the to-do list, Mm -hmm. but an opportunity to get off the to-do list and just be with God. And he's inviting us to do that all the time. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Absolutely. That's so interesting. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Before we close, um, for our viewers out there, do, do you have any advice for them? Any message you'd like to leave with them? Any final thoughts? I guess one final thought that comes to my mind is there was one day where I had this whole list of things that I was supposed to, that I felt a a pressure to do. Many of them were church related things. And I took this list and I sat down with God and I created this quiet space to bring that list to him. And I said, okay, what of all, I have an hour. What of all these things do you want me to do? And I think I was probably in a little bit of a snarky mood because I was like, there's no way I can do all these things. And you're asking me to do all these things. So what do you want me to do? And it was really interesting because the feeling I had in that moment was, those are all good things, but really what I want you to do is just sit with me and just be with me. And it hit me in that moment that the Lord is more interested in our relationship with him than he is in anything we could accomplish. Um, and so I think this oper- this discussion about meditation and mindfulness is really an invitation from our Heavenly Father and from the Lord to be closer to them and to have a relationship with them. And that's what the study of this has done for me. And I hope it can inspire others to practice those things as well. Awesome. Carrie, thank you for being with us today. If people have questions for you or if they want to get to know your work a little bit more, where can they find you? I have a website and you can Google me. There's also the book that goes into a lot more depth about all of the ideas we've discussed today and how to take those ideas and put them into your actual life. And what's the title again? Power of Stillness. Power of Stillness. And your website is? MySLCTherapist.com. SL Salt Lake City Therapist. Awesome. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Everyone, we'll see you next time. Time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.